0: Welcome to this week's episode of Guarding the Well podcast. My name is James. Hopefully you're doing well. Uh it's been a long time. A good friend of mine um sent me a message just a couple days ago and they're like, "Hey, where's the podcast?" And um I'm like, "Oh man, it's been a, it's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh probably about a good 5 or 6 weeks and that's what happens over the summer. You kind of get busy and life just throws a whole bunch of things at you. Um But no, it's been a good summer. Uh, Hopefully it's been a good summer for uh, you. And uh, I was actually able to spend some time with my wife and go to a wedding down at Disney, uh, which is my wife and I, which was uh, completely fantastic. Uh, Walked way too much. but hey, it's one of those things. We had a great time, great time, and so we're hoping that you're doing well, and uh, thanks for listening uh, to this podcast, and uh, if you've missed any, uh, just go back and take a, a listen to any of the ones that you may have missed, and uh, if you're new, just want to let you know that this podcast is all about helping you guard your heart, uh, which is where we get the name Guarding Your Well. It comes from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, where Solomon says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life, and that everything that we do comes from our heart and so in order for us to have a healthy walk with jesus and that all the things that are external for us our words or actions and 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 those types of things they need to come from a healthy heart that everything needs to come from a healthy heart and i don't necessarily mean the physical heart that's pumping blood through your body but just the core of who you are that 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 inner being that inner um, person is healthy that uh, the place that makes you who you are within is healthy, that it's not being polluted. And scripture tells us that we need to guard that. And that's what we kind of talk about here on this podcast. Uh, our aim is to help you have a healthy walk with Jesus. And, uh, that's all we want to do. And you can connect with us here on Podbean. You can connect with us on Facebook. You can look us up, uh, guarding the well on Facebook. Uh, we're on a whole, a bunch of different, uh, Podcast hosting sites, if you would. And so, if you're listening to this, if you don't mind subscribing and hitting the like button, maybe leaving a review or a comment, that would really help us out. Uh, sharing this with your friends or your family would be a great way to uh, just bless us here at Guarding the Well. And so, hopefully, uh, you're able to take a quick moment and do that. But what I want to do today is For those of you that know, uh, I try to keep this podcast between 15 to 20 minutes because I know you're busy and um, you may not have an hour, hour and a half, two hours to listen to a podcast. And so our aim is to just give you something quick, 15 to 20 minutes uh, and You can listen to it on the way to work or grocery store, whatever the case may be, and then you can go on with your life. Um, But today I want to start something that we're going to be doing over the next couple weeks, and it's going to be a little series called Crash and Burn. And I did this, uh, I preached this uh, sermon series in my church a few years back, and I was praying about what do we bring onto the podcast, and the Lord put this on my heart, and so don't worry, I'm not giving the whole whole sermon in in these podcasts as i said 15 to 20 minutes my sermons are usually 40 45 minutes so we're not doing the whole thing but i just want to pull a couple things out of each one and because here's why one of the great things that you and i have the opportunity to do is learn from the mistakes of other people and it is so beneficial when we're able to learn from other people instead of having to go through the things ourselves um i great story of my life is when I was in the Boy Scouts and, and we were going for our rifle merit badge and one of the things you had to do with the rifle merit badge you you learned all about the gun and, and safety and everything along those lines but there's target practice the one day you had to you had to get so many points with the target uh, by shooting it and one day uh, everybody was laying down on their stomachs with the rifles pointed downrange and The instructor that day says, Fire at will. Now, most people know that fire at will means, okay, you're able to fire when you're ready. Everything is safe. Nobody's in a dangerous position or anything like that. You can fire when you're ready. And so, the one kid who was in my troop, um, when the instructor said, Fire at will, he yells out, Where's Will? Now, we're young teenagers at the time, but still. You don't call out where is Will on a firing range when the instructor says fire at Will. Needless to say, uh, he was escorted out of the firing range that day and um, he got kicked out. It's it's just one of those things. And so everybody else there, we, we had an option. We could learn from his mistakes and not ask where Will is when the instructor said fire at Will or we could do the same thing that he did and get kicked out well everybody there was smart And when the instructor said, fire at will, we didn't say anything. We just pulled the trigger and shot the targets that are downrange. And that's life. Life is filled with you and I having the opportunity to learn from the mistakes of other people. And that's what we're going to see throughout this little series, if you would, uh, called Crash and Burn. And we're going to take a look at a couple different people throughout Scripture and just pull one or two things from their lives and see how they crashed and burned in their walk with the Lord. And and that's the thing here. They crashed and burned with their walk with, with the Lord. And we need to learn from them so that we don't crash and burn. And the first person we're going to take a quick look at uh, today is actually King Saul. And you could read about King Saul in 1 Samuel, starting uh, right around chapter 9. And, you know, he'll be in there for for chapters. Uh, but the chapter that has always stood out to me about Saul is 1 Samuel chapter 15. And this is the, the chapter where God actually rejects Saul as the king of Israel. But before we get that, let me just give you a quick background. God handpicked Saul to be king of the nation of Israel. Saul is the very first king of the nation of Israel. King David is not. Saul is. And so God handpicked Saul to be king over the nation of Israel. And Saul started out in a good position. Saul started out humble before the Lord and looking to the Lord and trying to honor the Lord with uh, everything God was having him to do. But what happened is this. Things started to change from Saul. And what we're going to see in Saul is this that pride and disobedience are the seeds that bring punishment and discipline from the Lord. Because Saul started out humble, but over time his heart got pride. He became prideful. And from that pridefulness within came disobedience outwardly. And we see that greatly in 1 Samuel chapter 15. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, God has. Samuel, the prophet Samuel, come to Saul and go, okay, Saul, God has a job for you. What you need to do, Saul, is you need to take you and your army, the nation of Israel, and you need to go and you need to fight the Amalekites. And what you need to do, the Amalekites, is completely destroy them. Uh, All the people, all the animals, uh, the Amalekites were very... uh, I don't even want to say mean. They're very cruel people. And the Lord had a lot of punishment lined up for them. And so um, Saul was supposed to be the one that would lead the army against them and completely destroy them. Even the animals they were supposed to kill, uh, not take as plunder or anything along those lines. And so that's a, it's a simple request on paper, right? I know carrying it out is quite hard of putting everybody to death and in the animals and everything. But God's call to, to, to Saul was this. Saul, kill all of them. Put them all to death. Destroy all of them. And so what does Saul do? Well, Saul goes and they fight the Amalekites and they win the battle. But what Saul does not do is he does not put everybody to death. He leaves the king, King Agag, alive he leaves the best animals alive. And scripture doesn't tell us this in 1 Samuel chapter 15, but he also leaves other people alive. Because when you get in the book of Esther, Haman is an Amalekite. And so he had to have left other Amalekites alive. And so Saul does not do what God wants him to do. He He just gets in this position of Pridefulness of doing what he wants to do. And in that, we see Saul crashing and burning. Saul went from being humble, being handpicked by God to be king over the nation of Israel, to having the kingdom literally ripped from him and his family. And Saul is eventually going to die on a battlefield. That's how things go for him. He literally crashes. Um, He crashed and burned in his walk with his Lord because he disobeyed God. He literally disobeyed God. But that's only half of it. You see, you and I, we have to understand that disobedience, that our disobedience to the Lord, it comes from pride. For you and I to know God's will and not to do it is to put ourselves above God and to live in pridefulness and not humility. And you see pride, we we spoke about pride on this podcast once before, but Pride works itself out in us in many ways, and one of the ways that pride works itself out of us is through disobedience. You see, obedience to the Lord is not It's not the outward motions, but it's the surrendered heart and will of one over to Jesus. See, obedience is not necessarily the outward actions, because we could be doing the outward actions, but internally, we're just grumbling and mumbling and just have a heart of anger, and I don't want to be doing this, and and that type of stuff. That's not a true obedience to the Lord. Obedience starts when we surrender our heart over to the Lord and make from the inside out that we want to be doing what God wants us to do and we're obeying him from the heart and that's where guarding our heart comes into this that if we're not guarding our heart we can have a heart of disobedience even though our actions seem to show that we're obeying the Lord and that's not right before the Lord. That's not good and that's not healthy for us because that disobedience that is within our heart is eventually going to work itself out through our words and through our actions and in our lifestyle. And so we have to guard our hearts so that we have an obedience within us, not just externally. You see, it's from that inner working, that inner surrender comes true outward obedience. But that does not happen when you and I are proud like Saul had become. And we need to learn this lesson. Pride and disobedience are the seeds that bring punishment and discipline from the Lord. And here's why. God is patient for only so long with a disobedient heart. When we have a disobedient heart and when we're pride, when we have pridefulness within us, God is only patient with us for so long. Because then he starts to oppose us. He starts to oppose our pridefulness. And Saul, he, Saul did not do what God wanted him to do, even though Saul thought he did. Because Samuel comes and he's like, Saul, what did you do? And, and Saul's going, well, I did what God wanted me to do. And, and Saul couldn't see his disobedience because his pride was getting in, into the way. And one of the things we learned from, from Saul is this. Partial, partial obedience is complete disobedience. Let me tell you that again that partial obedience is complete disobedience. And what I mean by that is this. When God is asking you and I to do something, whatever it is, and we do, say, 50%, or maybe even if we do 80 or 90% of what God has asked us to do, guess what? We didn't do all that God asked us to do, did we? We left some of it undone. We disobeyed him in some area. And that's what Saul does here. God asked Saul to do something, and God, and Saul did most of it, but he didn't do all of it. I mean, because he didn't do all of it, he disobeyed God. It's kind of like you, if, if I came up to you and go, hey, did you paint your house today? And you go, yeah, I painted, I painted my house today. And you only painted 10% of it. I, you didn't paint your house today. You painted the front door. There's a huge difference in that. For you and I, we need to learn this life lesson that we have to look at ourselves and we have to ask, okay, am I fully obeying the Lord or am I just partially obeying the Lord? Because if it's a partial obedience to the Lord, then guess what? We're disobeying God and we have to learn that because most likely that disobedience is coming from pridefulness that is within us, that's in our heart where we may not want to obey the Lord, we may not want to do what he's asking us to do, and we need to check that and bring that before the Lord. So that does not work itself out from within us. Because as I said earlier, Obedience to the Lord is not the outward motions, but it's the surrendered heart of the will of one over to Jesus. Obedience is when we give our will over to Christ and we go, okay, Lord, whatever you want me to do. And it is that attitude, that motive, that heart set from within that causes us to have a healthy walk with the Lord. And it's enabling us to guard our heart before God. But there's another thing that disobedience does. Um, disobedience also leads God to using someone else. In 1 Samuel uh, chapter 15, where this has all taken place, if I encourage you to read the whole chapter. There's so much in here. Right around verses 32 and 33, before the prophet Samuel leaves and, and, and goes home, Samuel has to finish the job that Saul left undone. Because God had told Saul, Saul, you need to kill everybody. But he left Agag, the king, alive. And so Samuel had to finish the job. And so what Samuel does is he walks up to the king, King Agag, and Samuel puts him to death. Not Saul, but Samuel did. Our aim as followers of Jesus should be to bring God as much glory as we can and to point people back to Jesus. And that is the aim of our, our, our life, to glorify Jesus. We can't do that through disobedience. See, as we disobey God, we're not pointing people back to him. We're not glorifying him. We're not honoring him. We're not praising him. We're actually running from him. We're actually slapping him in the face. And the thing is, as we disobey God, you know what God's going to do? He's going to have somebody else do the task that he wants to use you for. There are things that God wants to use you for in this world, in your life. God wants to use you in the life of other people. But as we disobey God, God's going to give us some wiggle room and he's going to be patient with us. But the time will come and he's going, to have, he's going to say this, you know, I really want to use you for this. I really want you to work in somebody else's life and I want to bless you in this way, but you keep disobeying me. And so now I have to have somebody else do this task, not you. Because God's will is going to get done whether he uses you or somebody else. But there are things that God wants to use you for, but that if you keep running and keep disobeying God, that the time will come where God will literally say, all right, I, it's time for me to have this done, and since you won't do it, I'm going to use somebody else. And we miss out on God's blessing in and through our lives, whatever that blessing may be, because we keep disobeying him, and he's going to use somebody else to do that work. And so as we disobey and don't do what God calls us to do, God's going to use somebody else. Is he doing that in your life? Is that is disobedience from you causing God to use somebody else to do the work that God wants you to be doing? It's one of those tough questions, but in order to guard our heart and protect our heart, we have to ask those tough questions at times. How is your pride and disobedience before the Lord? You know, when I moved into the house that my wife and I I live in, uh, there's two grape vines in the yard. Two different areas, but there's two grapevines. And when when we were looking at the house to purchase it, you know, there's some good grapes on uh the, these vines. They're green grapes and they're very sweet. The sweetest grapes that I I I can remember having. Um But when we moved in the one vine, I started to notice, um, these black spots on the leaves. And then as the grapes grew, these black spots within the grapes would just come out. And I'm like, none of this is good anymore. And then I started noticing that the the next year, year and a half later, that on the other grapevine, that these black spots started to appear on the leaves. And then these black spots started to uh, develop into the grape. And so I did a little bit of research. And what it is, is uh, these black spots um, are called black rot. It, it, it's called black rot, and it attacks g- grapes and, um, and it starts from the inside out. And when I, I had to get rid of both grapevines, when I started cutting them apart, you could see right in the middle of the vine this black this black string of just black this, black rot from within. And you would, you never knew that it was there, looking at it from the outside. But the black rot was within. And eventually that black rot made its way out into the the eye, if you would, to be to be able to be seen on the grapes and the leaves. Disobedience causes rot within us that we may not be able to see until it's too late. So are you going to crash and burn because you're disobedience to the Lord? Or are you going to take what is needed to do and bring your disobedience before the Lord in repentance and confession and seek God's forgiveness, His help, and His strength? God is going to work with you as you seek Him out. And that is what we need to be doing. we really need to be seeking the Lord out so that we are obeying Him, so that this black rot of disobedience doesn't just start to grow within our hearts and eventually work its way out. So what are you going to learn from Saul? Please understand that pride and disobedience are the seeds that are going to lead to God's punishment and discipline in our lives. And so that if we can learn that lesson from Saul and have a heart of humility and obedience, that is going to foster a healthy walk with the Lord. So what is it going to be for you? Pride and disobedience? or humility and obedience, because there's two different endings that come from those. And so the choice is yours. What's it going to be? Thanks for listening today. Really appreciate you and the time that you've given to us today, and pray that Jesus really works in your life. You take care.